This doesn't look like the Lincoln Tunnel, Sam. Looks to me like a marginally volatile hostage situation, Max. Ooh, does this mean we get to kick some puffy white mad scientist butt? Can't think of a reason not to. Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, and I'm joined once again by Mike Volby. I'm here. And Paulo. He's oh, here. Hello. <laughs> I feel like I was just racist right there. Was I being uh, racist? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Totally, yes. I approved. Let me know when I'm being racist. Because <laughs> clearly I'm a white male and I have no idea. <laughs> I'll let you know. Thanks. Uh, so we're going to kick things off. We have the listener mailbag that we have not jumped into in a while. So let's do that right now. Oh, my God. You've got mail. You bastard! Uh, a lot of the email came in as response to our most iconic songs associated with movies episode. Uh, there were some songs that we definitely overlooked that should have been on there somewhere, even if not our lists, but just included in the show. Matt West writes in, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention Eye of the Tiger by Survivor from Rocky. Yeah, it's yeah, one that should have been in there for sure, right? That's a big one, yeah. A personal favorite was also Lunatic Fringe by Red Rider from Vision Quest. I have no idea what he's talking about with that one. Yeah, that sounds like a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's... It might be a, a song very much associated with the movie that nobody has seen or heard. I don't know. <laughs> I bet it's like one of the songs that if you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah. Probably. Probably, yeah. I, you think I'm going to take the time to look these up? Are you going <laughs> to... I have enough work to do. Uh, Ed writes in, simply Ed, you could have at least mentioned a couple of the oldest ones by the Beatles, A Hard Day's Night and Help, but then I'm a child of the 60s and you're not. The only other one that comes to my mind is James Bond's Live and Let Die by Wings Paul McCartney. That's, I mean, we could have thrown in any James Bond theme at this point. Uh, but yeah, that was a good one. Uh, he also says, great show and I do look forward each Monday to downloading and listening to the show. So, we appreciate that, Ed. I have to say, I didn't include any Beatles stuff because I am not a fan of the Beatles. Mm. <gasps> a lot of people just go, <laughs> what? They're like, you wouldn't have rock and roll if it wasn't from the Beatles. Look, this is yes, another. Would. Yeah, I know. Someone else would have come up with it or Elvis Presley or whatever. <sighs> Here's the thing that people always seem to forget. They think that the originator of something is the best yeah. forever and that I hate that thing because that's like saying the first person who made like, okay, let's all go back and play Atari. Right. Instead of playing our modern consoles, which uh, are clearly better. Sorry, no, Atari trumps the PS4 all day. <laughs> clearly. If it was not for the Atari, we would not have the PS4. Right. So therefore, the Atari is better. You heard That's it right. here first. Ladies yeah. and, gentlemen. and the Atari had a mushroom cut. Yeah. <laughs> when you have one joystick and one button. <laughs> That's right. That's clearly superior to any uh, future superior processing to power. Two joysticks and one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven buttons. First just means first, yeah. not best. But no, I am not a fan of the Beatles, and that's why I did not include any of that in there. Also, I mean, I think it's like music has, you know, it has a certain connection to memory. It does. So if you don't have that musical, that memory connection, then and I do not. 
that you know the music isn't necessarily going to trigger anything in you. I think you know a lot of people, like you mentioned, the Top Gear song, mm-hmm. uh, or not the Top Gear Top song, Gun, Top Gun song, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know the 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 one in you know in the fighter jets and stuff. Yeah, that's the one that a lot of people remember. Sure, and that triggers a lot of memories because a lot of people saw that movie. People aren't necessarily going to listen to a Beatles song, you know, and I mean, at least maybe in our generation won't hear that and it won't necessarily trigger like a memory connection. So, right, right. I mean, I think people have to realize that too. Like, it's not like this song is the best because it triggers, you know, some sort of memory in me. But yeah, that's in you, not necessarily in the rest of us. Sure, so. sure. Uh, next one comes in from Aaron Shuck, who said episode 204 <laughs> <laughs> Episode two hundred four was another great episode, and I agree with all of your iconic movie song choices. Here are a few I thought could have made the list as well in no particular order. He had a lot more information, but I'm going to just go boom, 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 and say uh, song and movie. So Happy Together from Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember the movie. I don't really remember the connection as much. Yeah, I remember the movie, too. It's just not the song. Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I'm not a fan of it, but the connection makes sense. Yeah. Stuck in the Middle with You from Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time I hear that. I think right. About the, yep. Yeah, that's good. Maniac from Flashdance. Maniac. Maniac. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to sing anymore. <laughs> I, I always catch myself after it's too late. You feel the words come out and you go, yeah, get back in. No, don't do that. Uh, Staying Alive from Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. In Your Eyes from Say Anything. Yeah, that's, I mean, the <laughs> the scene in the movie. Right. Uh, and Holding On for a Hero from either Footloose or Short Circuit 2. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's as much of Short Circuit 2, but that's a, that's more of a personal connection again i don't know if that's as much of a widespread one uh he also said i listened to this episode in my car and everything you said about the songs is true when i heard danger zone i had to keep myself from speeding i definitely headbanged to bohemian rhapsody and bobbed my head to what is love looking forward to the next episode guys appreciate those emails if you have emails you can send those into podcast at thegeekgeneration.com we haven't done this in a while either because we've had all sorts of like theme shows lately but uh it's time for the smash up. Okay. Uh, last time we asked you guys for smash ups, the category that we asked you to write in for was TV character pro wrestling finishers. And I thought we would have gotten a lot more for this, but perhaps not. Maybe we just don't have as many wrestling fans out there, or maybe this was a difficult category. But I did give a few examples. For instance, Doctor Who could have a finisher called the Sonic Screwdriver, which is simply a spinning pile driver. Mm-hmm. Adam Savage and Jamie, uh, Jamie Heineman from the Mythbusters could do the Mythbuster. With their opponents standing, Adam and Jamie leap off the top ropes and together drive their opponents' heads into the mat at the angle they've calculated for maximum damage, right before pulling out a chart explaining how they did it without really hurting their opponent and busting the myth that wrestling is 100% real. That gimmick's going to be on WWE in two weeks. <laughs> they're in XT right now. Okay. Uh, they're, they're still in developmental. Yeah, they're yeah. coming up two weeks. And uh, finally, Zach Morris, the time stop pants drop. He huh. just freezes time and drops his opponent's pants, then unfreezes time when he's long gone. Again, I could see WWE trying to pull off that gimmick. <laughs> I hope they guys, do. They can stop, you can stop time. Feel free to take mm-hmm. any of these. They're, they're, yeah, imagine a wrestler that could just freeze his opponents like that. <laughs> of course, they'd have to somehow convince the audience to play along. Everybody stop moving. <laughs> Ooh, it'd be fun to try. Well, for half the roster that, that nobody's moving for them anyway. Yeah. Hey. 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 
you guys wrote in with your answers. Matt Fowler wrote in Balky Bar Takamus, The Dance of Joy Kicks. After defeating a gang of fools, Balky flails kicks to his sides till someone jumps into his arms <laughs> so he can stare awkwardly into their eyes. <laughs> we do the dance of joy! <laughs> Aaron Schuck writes in. Schuck, 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 Schuck. <laughs> Michael Weston from Burn Notice. I've not seen it, but perhaps others are familiar. His finisher would be the Burn Notice. It is like the Stone Cold Stunner, but when his opponent wakes up, they get a call on a cell phone from the WWE that says, we got a burn notice on you, you're blacklisted. They soon realize when they're burned, they've got nothing. No cash, no credit, no job history, and they are stuck in whatever whatever city you've been dumped in, which for some reason always seems to be Miami. That is very complex. <laughs> I don't know if that's a finisher as much as it is a month-long build-up <laughs> to a process. Uh, and then, wait, Paulo is in the studio, but he what? also wrote in and opted not to read his own submissions. This so. guy can time travel. <laughs> uh, I'll take care of these for him. And you said you didn't listen to the episode that you were on before. Yeah. So does that mean when you're on that we're subtracting you from weeks of entertainment now? No, I still download it. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, but like, you don't get to enjoy it. I'm sure one day I will. Okay. <laughs> like, like, I'll just like be sitting in a room alone and be like, click. <laughs> I'll hear my voice and be like, Ugh. Uh, it's only going to take you months to get through the one episode. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so Paulo writes in the legend, wait for it, dairy. Barney reads from a previously unknown page in the playbook where he sleeps with your mother in an elaborate fashion and ends the match by knocking you out with the bro Bible. Like yeah. it. The dirty job. Mike Rowe forgets to wash his hands after one of his dirtier episodes and use, uses a Mick Foley-esque hand-in-the-mouth finisher, infecting you with a cocktail of undiagnosed diseases. Then six months later, he revokes your health insurance and says, it's a dirty job, but someone has to do it. I just remember the Mick Foley finisher because like, I thought that was the grossest thing ever. It is gross. Like He just pulled a sock out of his pants and... Like, it's ugh. one the mandible claw is already gross because you're sticking your hand yeah. in someone else's mouth and then add Sako on top yeah. of it and it's not which the first time it was done really was the real sock right after a match oh <laughs> yeah that's gross uh the surprise hydra an agent of shield gives you the rock bottom and in mid-flight whispers hail hydra in your ear <laughs> that's good and the Moist Maker. Ross from Friends goes into a fit of rage when he discovers his Thanksgiving leftover sandwich is missing and pummels the culprit with a flurry of fists. He ends the fight with a military press slam to the ground, causing the victim to involuntarily evacuate his bowels. Hence, the Moist Maker. <laughs> Volpe is shaking his head. That was good. <laughs> uh, so we love your submissions for this week's Smash Up, which means we need to leave you with another category as we move forward. Again, I don't know how long it's going to be before we get to these, because it <laughs> seems like our regular episodes are few and far between these days. Uh, I don't know how people feel about it. I, I like doing them, but I also like the guests, too. We've had uh, interesting stuff lately. Our next smash-up category, I thought, with uh, the success we've had working with LEGO recently and the LEGO brand, let's talk about some rejected LEGO sets. And, of course... I have some examples, but here's the catch. I don't want to just hear Lego whatever. Give me a tagline. Make it good. Or else it's just saying Lego with any franchise, and anyone can do that. So you have to include a tagline in these if you want me to read it. So a couple examples. Lego Dexter. Build your own kill room to satisfy your dark passenger. I like it. 
Lego Minecraft because kids prefer real blocks over video games. Oh, wait, they actually made that one? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lego Minecraft is a real thing. I still am just confused. Yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> That's it. like physical to video game back to physical it's yeah. just too much i can't handle it it's so meta it's so meta <laughs> it's it's legos inside of a game made for made out of legos i know i can't wrap my brain uh and lastly lego human centipede link them oh. up from ass to mouth oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's fantastic so basically what we're asking for is make a leg make a lego set out of the most inappropriate thing you could think of for kids <laughs> yes <laughs> and give it a tagline. So it's like Lego porn set. Ooh. <laughs> build your like build your own CD motel <laughs> recording porn. <laughs> but I can't find anyone to film this. Well, they don't sell the figures with those sets. <laughs> <laughs> Cameraman sold separately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. If you have a suggestion for a rejected Lego set, you can email those to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com or tweet them to at Geek Generation. If you have ideas for a future smash-up category, also send those in as well. Before we move into the news, just a quick reminder, if you'd like to support what we do here at The Geek Generation, you can become a patron of the show and the site. You can go to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. When you are there, you can sign up, choose your amount, and it will be automatically donated each month. You can cancel that donation at any time. We are asking for $1 a month. If you'd like to give more, we appreciate that. But we love the $1 a month as well. Again, that's thegeekgeneration.com slash support. We haven't covered news in such a long time uh, that some of these stories are a bit old, but they do not have our particular take on them, which I'm sure you guys have been anxious to hear. <laughs> so uh, let's jump right in. Walt Disney Studios and Lucasfilm have announced following the completion of principal photography that Star Wars Episode 7 is now officially titled Star Wars The Force Awakens. Boom, boom, boom. Are we excited? I like the internet's response to the title. <laughs> like, like the people on Twitter and stuff were talking about like how like most of it was about how lame the title was. And so they'd be like, The Force Awakened, where did the force go? Was the right. force taking a nap? <laughs> Kevin Smith had posted uh, something on Instagram with it saying with the logo, and it also said like in um uh, text below, and that the force awakens and then tries to rub one out without waking up his wife or something. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, it's a good title. Fine. Yeah. I mean, it's I think... better than the Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we know that in retrospect because <laughs> of what the movie was like. But, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, excitement. Star Wars. Moving on. There have been some major, major, major announcements in the world of superhero movies. And we're going to talk about everything that they've announced in the last month right now. Warner Brothers has revealed their DC Comics movie slate which was previously filled with nine untitled films all the way through 2020. So, to go through these. In 2016, we'll see the release of the previously confirmed Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Suicide Squad has been placed in the slot for August 5th, 2016. Volpe, you had said that you weren't super familiar with the super, uh, Suicide Squad. Right. This is a team assembled by, I believe, um, Amanda Waller. Uh, they're also referred to as Task Force X. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's a group of supervillains. So I think this would be right I up like your it. alley. 
And uh, the the gimmick here is that Waller has placed a an explosive in the back of each character's neck. Oh, I like it. So they are sent in to take on missions that are basically suicide missions, but they have no choice because mm-hmm. they either die or they do this mission where there's a good chance they're going to die. And they use the villains because they're the villains. Why not? I like this. So that should be interesting. Uh, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of speculation on casting already. They're talking about people like Will Smith. Uh, Ryan Gosling's name, I think, was yep. brought up. Uh, the chick from Wolf on Wall Street, who I can't think of her name. Yeah. And, and most, uh, well, I don't know. Go ahead. And then there was Jared Leto yeah. being looked at for the part of the Joker. Yeah. Which. That looks awesome. Sounds yeah. fine to me. Yeah. Jared Leto, I think, I, I, after da- Dallas Buyers Club, I can see him doing just about anything. So yeah, I'm excited. Like if he gets if he gets the part, like everybody's of course going to be you know me- measuring him against Heath Ledger. Oh, absolutely. But I think Jared Leto is talented enough that he can pull it off. I agree. So all you got to do is do a different take. Yeah, there's so many ways that the Joker can go. Right. Just find one that works for you. And Jared Leto is a little bit thinner, and he's got kind of like he can pull off that long hair. Yep. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a different take on the Joker, but I think it's... it's and I don't think Joker's even going to be a big part of Suicide. I mean, yeah. he's not someone that's ever really, I think, been a member of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. He'll probably just be there because of somebody else right. who I think people are very excited to see make an on-screen debut, and that's Harley Quinn, right. who's very often uh, one of the main members of the Suicide Squad. And in, in, the, in Batman Assault on Arkham... You probably haven't you haven't seen it. He hasn't. Right? He's going to be taking that no, home with right. him to watch. He'll probably yeah. watch it tonight but or tomorrow. You know, you you we've both seen it. Yes, yeah. And you know that he's to an extent involved in that. Absolutely. It's very brief, and I don't it know, is. like you know, how much Jared Leto would appreciate being kind of like that sort of brief side character. But, but again, that could be G- just for that movie, right? That could be the debut of Joker if we don't see him in Batman v Superman, right? And then he's going to come in just like Marvel now. Right. He's set to make appearances in other movies or the standalone Batman that maybe they haven't announced yet, mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways this could go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, the recently announced spinoff, the Lego Batman movie, will be released on May 26th. This is going to see Will Arnett reprising his role from the the Lego movie itself. So we're going to see that version of Lego mm-hmm. Batman move forward into his own solo movie, which I think will be very entertaining. Yeah. He was good as a side character. I'm wondering... I'm wondering if they're going to keep that kind of humor for him. Yeah. For that movie, it might become a little tiresome if they do that the whole time. I almost want them to just adopt the Lego Batman that we see in the Lego Batman games because mm-hmm. that could work. Right. So we shall see. June 23rd is set for a Gal Gadot starring solo Wonder Woman film. So we're finally going to see. Yep. Wonder Woman on the big screen. It's been rumored for, I don't even know how many years mm-hmm. at this point. But now that we actually have someone cast in the role and she'll make uh, her debut in Batman v Superman, she will be by herself in 2017. And have you heard some of the rumors about the story? I have the not. No. So the, some of the, I'm not entirely sure how, you know, how vetted these rumors are, or how realistic they will be, you know, later on down the line. But this, like, they're, they're speculating that the Wonder Woman story will begin in Amazonia. And okay. Like, and then, like, the, it'll start with a war for the crown, I guess. And then somehow, <laughs> through time travel oh, or the invisible jet, I don't know how this happens, but somehow Wonder Woman makes her way into our world and then she's blown away by everything that's going on because she's 
come from a time or a place where the world outside of it has not affected her. Okay. And so things like, you know, like little things like cell phones and things like that blow her mind. And that's so, a very common thing. Right. You, in the Wonder Woman animated movie, they did a very good job yeah. of doing that. However, there was no need for time travel. Like, right. it's on its isolated. own. It's so isolated that they're not even really aware of the sort rest of, of the like, world. Sort of like Wakanda in the Marvel yeah. Universe are kind of. But yeah, like when I read the, the, I mean, it's from like, I don't know what the source was, but I remember reading it and I was kind of thinking like, I hope they don't do the time travel thing because that's kind of, I mean, that's and it also it also takes that island out of the universe Yeah, like because it, now it's not accessible. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm cautiously hopeful, but, yeah. you know. We'll see. They haven't done. I think the best portrayal of Wonder Woman aside from like the animated series was that animated movie because that was done so well. Mm -hmm. If they go in that direction, that would be fun. Yeah. Zack Snyder directed Justice League Part One will then arrive on November 10th, which means that they are, in fact, splitting Justice League into a two part movie Mm -hmm. in 2018. The Flash will arrive on March 23rd, starring Ezra Miller in the title role. This confirms a separation from the DC television universe if Miller is also playing Barry Allen. However, there are other characters who have worn the mantle of the fastest man alive. So could it be Wally West, perhaps? I don't know. I don't know how much I like this casting either. He's, um, I saw him in, what was it? Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm-hmm. And he was good, but... I can't see him being the Flash. Well, I mean, I think, you know, other movies have proven that you can't, nece- if, even if you can't necessarily see somebody true. as a character, it could work out. It's so. true. Yeah. We will have to wait and see. On July 27th of 2018, Aquaman will hit the big screen starring Jason Momoa, <laughs> bringing to reality the movie that... uh what what's the show? That Entourage. Nobody wanted. Entourage liked to always make yeah. fun of the fact that an Aquaman movie could happen. But it's funny because Jason Momoa is like this he's Cal Drogo from yeah. Game of Thrones. So everybody's like, Oh, this guy's a beast. Of course Aquaman's gonna be awesome. They had to cast someone super badass yeah. or else people would just laugh at Aquaman. Yeah. And like but like you've got one side like you've got the Hollywood side looking at it like, oh Jason Momoa, he's a badass. Mm. This is gonna be great. But then all you know, all the, the comic book fans and they're gonna be like, But Aquaman is kinda lame. Right. I mean, like, do we, and yet like, we're all gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you think with someone like Jason Momoa in the role, we're going to see the Aquaman that was more of the gritty 90s, like long hair with the harpoon hand type, more towards that Aquaman? Well, I don't know. The harpoon, I don't know if they'll go harpoon hand, yeah. but. I think it'll be like a, the The question is, will he be King of Atlantis or will right. he be heir to the throne of the King of Atlantis? Right. Because that's part of the story, too. Like, he's not necessarily, like, he doesn't, he his introduction isn't necessarily as the king of Atlantis. True. He's so, so is he still the heir? Like, is he kind of just like a, like a rapscallion heir to the throne? Right. Just like, right. you know, fuck the world, do what I want kind of thing. And then he kind of, you know, grows up to be responsible as a king or like, is it yeah. going to be Thor? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically. Wow. Yeah, Polynesian Thor. <laughs> like, yeah. I saw that movie a couple of years ago. Uh, in 2019, Dwayne The Rock Johnson will play the villainous Black Adam yeah. in Shazam, set to premiere on April 5th. Okay, now it's here's so my question. so far away. Yeah. Here's my question. Yeah. 
Who are they going to get to play Shazam? Opposite The Rock. Opposite The Rock. I know. Because Shazam and Black Adam are like mirror images. Right. Right. And The Rock is a fucking giant human being. Who are they going to get? They got to find somebody who's roughly 6'5". Right. They got plenty of time. I mean, <laughs> they're they going to build somebody. They might. They <laughs> might. Unless Shazam is just going to be Billy Batson the whole movie. And then they could just cast a kid. I'm excited for a Shazam movie. I think visually there's a lot of Stallone. potential there. <laughs> Stallone. <laughs> they're just going to have to cast like another wrestler, like John Cena or well, something. Yeah, they're going to need somebody who's pretty big. Yeah. Or if they grow somebody. I more. mean, are there any action stars right now that are available? Like the Rock does have some decent acting ability. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But are we gonna find a guy? I don't know. Maybe opposite? maybe we have to uh, do a future casting list for some of these. Yeah. Being like I'm very. But I don't even to know who's, who's available. Have. Well, that's that's what we got to do our research. Most of them are already superheroes. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, As if that's gonna limit people. <laughs> well, if no, they do plan on growing a superhero, Volpe, I see a business opportunity for you here. <laughs> uh, Start bulking up now, Volpe. With your gym and your oh, I was thinking like you know, with between your gym and your protein, oh. you could probably get the foot in the door. You yeah. Build Shazam. Yeah. Build yeah. Shazam. And then have right on the corner. Shazam's blonde, right? Yes. So I'm not. Oh no, uh, Shaz- Shazam is not. Shazam no. is not. No, no. And then right on the it's corner of Shazam's uniform. Oh, that's you know, right. Yeah, just have like an SBV fitness thing. <laughs> He's gonna be like a NASCAR superhero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justice League Part like, I Two. I go to Buff at Wesley Fitness. <laughs> they just bring out Arnold. Arnold's gonna play him. Justice yeah. League Part Two, once again directed by Zack Snyder, will then be released on June fourteenth. I'm wondering about the movies in between the two Justice League parts. Are they actually is Justice League gonna just pick up where it left off? Or will the events that take place in The Flash and Aquaman and Shazam then impact part two of the Justice League? Probably. I mean, they're trying to follow a similar suit as Marvel. But this is where I was talking about last week, how it's getting so convoluted and there's so much happening. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, it's literally now for the next, the next what? What year is this? Six years. It's just going to be back and forth. This one, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's too, no, but see, here's the thing. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I will watch Avengers 2 and then 3. God. And I'll see Batman versus Superman. I'm I'll watch see them all. League, that's it. I'm going like, to see them all. I don't, I don't need all the filler. I do. I want yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I can see the fatigue. Like, if you're seeing, even if you're seeing, like, one or two movies a quarter, like. I mean, that's a lot of superhero to go over the course of a year, you know? And, like, when you think about the other movies that you go to the theater for, you're not going, well, I mean, we're not Rob. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> you don't go to the movies strictly for superhero movies. You know, you kind of go for a little bit of variety. Um, I mean, Plus, so, not forget, there's be another Spider-Man movie, another X-Men movie. Right. Like, it's there's so much happening. I, I, I have no problem dropping the Spider-Man franchise to see some of this other stuff. <laughs> well, Spider-Man not, but they're yeah. gonna make a Venom movie, and yeah. you know they're doing the villains, the Sinister Six. But that's the other thing too. So now we're getting villain movies yeah. because we're running out of superheroes. No, we're and, not. Oh, it's just too much. Just never. Us, just let's take a break. In 2020, two more solo films arrive. The first will star Ray Fisher as Cyborg on April 3rd. The second will be a reboot of Green Lantern on June 19th. No actor is currently attached to the role. At least not Ryan Reynolds. At least. Uh, no matter what, this movie's already better. <laughs> Warner Brothers has also confirmed that solo films for both Batman and Superman are also in development, though no release date has been set for either yet. So those will probably be within that time frame as well, somewhere. I don't know. That's crazy. 
There's a lot of stuff coming. The only thing that worries me again, and I've said this before, is that they're building a larger universe on one that I'm not 100% bought into already. Mm-hmm. Because Man of Steel, they're building all this on Man of Steel. Right. Which was not received as well as something like Iron Man. Yep. Marvel's universe was built on the back of Iron Man, which is, in my opinion, still one of the best superhero movies that exists. Mm-hmm. And that tone split into the other ones, and it made sense. Uh, when we're going in this dark Man of Steel, not even I'm not even going to call it Nolan-esque, because it right. was not. Uh, just, I don't know, a grittier world. I'm not yeah. sure that's the one I want to live in for the DC Comics, which, mm-hmm. which when you look at the two brands, DC has a much brighter, more comic book-y kind of feel to it it has the potential to be that but they're muting it like, they're muting it and that's I mean, what worries me literally muting the colors yep. like just i mean <laughs> the flash is bright red and yellow he is not like this weird maroon maroon yeah yeah like i don't know yeah i don't totally get it there's no need like in if they made him bright red in the show it takes nothing away yeah Absolutely nothing. Absolutely there was not. no need to mute that to like a darker red. I'm not or visually red. distracted or anything. No, I, mean, I know. Like I know that's the flash. Even so. when he runs, they brighten it up. Yeah. So why not just make the costume that way? Yeah. It's silly, 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 silly. Yeah. As of right now, I mean, if you had to buy into either franchise, I think most people would buy into Marvel. Oh, like, clearly, and like, they have the track record at this yeah. point. I mean, even if you were to somehow associate the Nolan Batman films with the DC universe that's mm-hmm. going forward. I still, I still think that ninety percent of the people are going to be Marvel. They're going to attach themselves to Marvel. Oh, like sure. for example, if if everybody only had like a budget for you know a certain amount of uh, mm-hmm. of movies a year, they're going to go to Marvel movie Agreed. as opposed to a DC movie. So because they're attached to that universe already too, and it's so, better. Yeah, and <laughs> so, so far, I mean, like they they have a couple more chances to make the DC universe a little bit more appealing. But I mean, they could really. I mean, it could really go bad. It could. Well, if Batman Superman doesn't go well, right? If yeah. it not flop, right? But if that they destroys everything. If that's... if it doesn't go well, it's all done. Yeah. Now they got to go back and go. Shit, we got to reboot Batman and Superman again. And uh, that being said, let's take a look at the Marvel hmm. Marvel slate. At a recent Disney and Marvel Studios press event, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige made some huge announcements regarding the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, specifically for Phase Three. Captain America 3 is now, as speculated, officially titled Captain America Civil War, taking one of the biggest storylines of recent Marvel years in the comic books and bringing it in probably an adapted, slightly altered form, but still to the cinematic universe. That is huge. Yeah, that is huge because it's like you're basically taking everybody and you're throwing them into a movie. Yeah. And and. But this, I mean, originally, like, if this has been addressed, uh, you know, in depth and, you know, to ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the Civil War storyline is that, you know, there, there is a, there's a catastrophic event that occurs and the Superhero Registration Act becomes a thing. And so heroes are either required to disclose their identity or mm-hmm. go underground. And so that's like the story of Civil War. But the problem with the existing Marvel Universe, cinematic universe, is that there are no secret identities. Right. Everybody knows who everybody is. So how does that work? So, you know, maybe it'll just be something as simple as registration. Sure. You know, like saying that you're a superhero and that kind of like getting a driver's license, which <laughs> makes it sound a little boring. Right, right, <laughs> but, right. I mean, I think it'll be like I I'm excited to see how it develops, because if Cap three is going to be 
the beginning of Civil War, then it only follows that Avengers 2 is going to show some tension between sure. Cap and Iron Man. Spoilers. You know, if nobody's read the comic books, but the the core conflict is be- is between Tony Stark and right. Captain America. And Robert Downey Jr. has already been confirmed for Captain America 3, so that battle will happen. Right. Which so. is exciting. Doctor Strange, rumored to be starring Benedict Cumberbatch, is officially scheduled for November 4th, 2016. I think he's a good choice. Yeah. I think he's super versatile, so I'm not worried at all. Like, I was excited to see Joaquin Phoenix in the role, as was originally but, I mean, mentioned, but Joaquin, this is great, too. To make an analogy like to comedy, like Joaquin Phoenix is acting is like Mark Marion's comedy. Yeah. Like, it's so heavy. Like, it's like yeah, you watch yeah. it, and like, it kind of takes away from some of the joy of it, you know? True. And, I, I mean, I, it, it works for a lot of movies. I mean, it worked for, in her, you know, in the that movie where you know, it was phenomenal, yeah. fell in love with a phone. Yep. <laughs> Essentially, but, but I mean, you know, it works in some movies, but I'm not sure it would work in like a Marvel movie. So, sure. but Benedict Cumberbatch is so versatile. I mean, we've seen him in, you know, several different roles. I mean, he he shows that in like in the BBC BBC show Sherlock that he can kind of do like a more, a, like a lighter take on a serious character, mm-hmm. you know, and a little bit more, I don't know, sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, so I think it'll work. Cool. James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy 2 has been moved forward a few months to May 5th, 2017. Clearly, people are very excited for this, based on the response to the original. The next film in the Thor series is now officially titled Thor Ragnarok. Both Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston are set to return as Thor and Loki. Feige also says that it will immediately follow the events of Avengers Age of Ultron, with the goal to take Thor to another level of his own franchise. I was a little let down with the Dark World, I'll be mm-hmm. honest. So I'd like to see uh, something bigger out of the Thor universe. Yeah, I think Thor out of the existing Marvel universe is kind of like, if you were to rank everybody, yeah, the, you know, quality of the movies, Thor is kind of towards the bottom. Yeah, which is bad. I mean, sad because you know he's a good character. Yeah, he's a great yeah. character. Marvel has officially announced a Black Panther movie scheduled for release on November 3rd, 2017. People were dying for this to happen. Chadwick Boseman will star as Black Panther in the film, which I think is a phenomenal casting. The character will also appear in full costume in Captain America Civil War. They also released some uh, teaser art for the character design for Black Panther, and he looks amazing. That is great. Dude, Black Panther did not skip leg day. No, <laughs> no, he did not. He has huge legs. Yeah, uh, you're gonna Chadwick, wear full spandex. You have to do legs. Chadwick Boseman recently was in uh, 42, as well as uh, portraying James Brown in Get On Up, and he's been highly regarded for what he's been doing on the screen so far. So yeah. I think he's a phenomenal casting choice for Black Panther, and people, like I said have been dying for this movie to happen. Yeah. And I think when everybody saw the Avengers two trailer and they saw cap shield torn in half. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like, and I mean, people read into it more, but when you see like that, the, the molten metal pouring over the metal hand, you kind of get the impression that maybe black Panther would be involved somehow. Yeah. Two more announcements for characters making their debut in the Marvel cinematic universe are a Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel movie scheduled for July 6th, 2018 and an Inhumans movie set for November 2nd, 2018. So, Captain Marvel, this will be the first female-led Marvel superhero movie. Yeah. And Inhumans is definitely getting pushed up the ranks as Marvel no longer has the rights for the movie versions of the X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. So, this is their, like, other 
mutant team that they can kind of use and they'll build up. You might see X-Men drop in popularity over the years and Inhumans rise up to kind of replace them because since Marvel's kind of burying the things that it really can't use cinematically. Who has Marvel? Well, the Fox has the rights to all the X-Men stuff. The X-Men universe. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) I know what you meant. I'm interested Hmm. to see how Captain Marvel figures into this whole universe. Yeah. Because Captain Marvel is basically Marvel's Superman. Yeah. So, I mean, to have such a huge amount of power in a universe that, well, I mean, you know, for the most part, Thor is referenced as a god, but I mean, he's, you know, he has certain limitations. We've seen him get beat, you know, but Captain Marvel is basically superman so it'll be interesting to see i think they're powering down people a little bit to kind of level like thor is more powerful than what they've necessarily shown right and they have to right because otherwise hulk would be like irrelevant right right finally as speculated avengers 3 has been split into two parts under the official title avengers infinity war part one will arrive may 4th 2018 and part two will follow on May 3rd, 2019. I think everyone saw this coming a mile away, especially when we heard about Thanos. I mean, we saw the Infinity Gauntlet itself in Thor, in the trophy chamber. So this thing's been around for a while. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with the Infinity Mm. Gauntlet, it's basically a... You saw Guardians, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. Okay. Oh, yeah, we saw Guardians. I love that. All right. Um, So the, the Gauntlet basically has a gem on each finger... And in the middle, mm-hmm. and it, it it's like the most powerful thing ever. There's one for space, there's one for reality, there's one for mm. time. Uh, and what happens is we saw one of those gems in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. That purple yeah. stone was, I think, I don't know which one. Uh, Did they reference it? I don't remember. Reality? Maybe. Or time. I, I think I it, was it was the reality time. gem. No, yeah. time. time. Didn't he rewind time? I don't think so. Or something. He did something with time in the movie. Uh, it's either, I think it's either time. soul or reality. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, whatever it is. <laughs> That's one of them. Right. Uh, the Tesseract is another one. Mm-hmm. So that stone that was in Loki's oh, yeah. scepter. That's another one. And now we're going to see them gather. Thanos is going to gather the rest of the gems to make the Infinity Gauntlet. And it's going to be a friggin' war. So isn't that like, hey, he gets the glove. Hey, everybody dies. Movie's over. Credit rolls. We reboot the series two years later. <laughs> Pretty much. <Okay. laughs> yeah. And because the Infinity Gauntlet is like God How they got to beat him. Yeah. Basically. But Thor was, uh, not Thor. Thanos was tricked in the comics. The reason that right. he, he gave up like some of his godly power to make it a fair fight or else it wasn't interesting. I think Mephisto convinced him to do that. And that's the only reason like Thanos lost. Thanos is cursed to always lose, which I don't know if they'll get into. And he's also yeah. in love with death. Yeah. The actual character called death, the entity oh, that yeah. portrays death. So everything he does is to appease her. Like he <laughs> slaughters universes to make her feel good. Yeah. It's like, here, I got you flowers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's like, like that. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So we here. sacrifice our wallet to make our woman happy. Pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Except he sacrifices other people's wallets. Right. And right. other people. And their worlds. Yeah. yeah, but when you're that kind of a dude, <laughs> yeah. right? You, that's what you got to do. But flowers. Uh, moving away from the comic book stuff and getting... Well, not necessarily moving away. We still have some other Marvel news that is not necessarily tied to the cinema. A casting call for a Haley Atwell stand-in has confirmed that Agent Peggy Carter will make an appearance in Marvel's Ant-Man. The thought is that Michael Douglas's Hank Pym will have a flashback meeting at S.H.I.E.L.D. with its founding members. And... Two actresses have joined the cast of the upcoming series, Agent Carter. 
both of whom I am very excited for. First, Nikita Starr, Yay. Lindsay Fonseca, <laughs> will play Angie Martinelli, who is an aspiring actress living in 1946 New York. Angie will befriend Peggy Carter as she herself seeks to find her place in the post-war world. Hmm. And, perhaps best known for White Collar and Legend of the Seeker, actress Bridget Regan has also joined the cast playing Peggy's neighbor Dottie, a small-town girl from Iowa who will have a huge impact on the life of Agent Carter. Interesting to see her pop up in the Marvel Universe because, uh, looking back to when we did our fan casting of Wonder Woman, she was my top choice. Just needs a tan. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little pasty. Well, it's the photo, too. It has that Amazonian look, though. Yeah. God, they're just taking all the brunette girls and putting them in Agent Carter. <laughs> <laughs> or Agent Carter, sorry. Uh, the eight-episode limited series Agent Carter is set to premiere January 6th, 2015 at 9 p.m. on ABC. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will take a mid-season break during that time and return to the time slot on March 5th. Very interesting way to take care of that mid-season break mm-hmm. to throw in a limited miniseries. Imagine if The Walking Dead, during its way too long mid-season break, yes. what people say, imagine if they jammed in that companion series that they're working that maybe on that's what they're gonna in do. between, yeah. and you never really had a break. You could always stay up yeah. with new stuff in that universe. That I would think be nice. that's cool. Uh, I'm very excited that both of these girls have been added to Agent Carter, because I love both of them. Uh, I've (laughs) said many, many things about them (laughs) on the show over the years. But I think it's very exciting from their perspective, too. I would think as an actor and an actress these days, getting locked into one of these bigger worlds is like, Mm -hmm. oh, yes, jackpot. Like, I got this character in this bigger universe. So even though I'm on the TV side, that could lead to bigger things Mm -hmm. in the future. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Also in Marvel News, production has begun on an animated series for Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. Featuring the characters seen in the hit movie, the show will air on Disney XD starting in 2015. I am hoping it is better than the currently airing Marvel cartoons, because I am not even watching those now. They are such garbage. I think there was a like a one-minute clip that was online of Rocket running There was some test footage. It looked good. Uh, it doesn't seem there was no mention in the press release of Man of Action Studios or Man in Action Studios, whatever it is, which is the studio that's been handling the other Marvel cartoons. Is that the stuff that's like not fluid? It's yeah, that weird, it's like, jumpy anime and thing. they and they change. I hate that. They change the way they're showing it. Like they'll jump to letterbox all of a sudden. And yeah. then jump, oh, I hate it. It's such an ADD nightmare. But I'm hoping that Guardians of the Galaxy is not attached to that and that I can actually enjoy another Marvel cartoon because it's been a long time. At least it feels like it. Microsoft. Now we are away from the superhero stuff. Microsoft has announced that the Xbox One will be available for a special limited time promotional offer of $349 in the U.S. starting on November 2nd and continuing through January 3rd, 2015. So if you want an Xbox One for Christmas, it is $50 cheaper. Woo! Excitement from people who want it. I got one. I got one right before the price cut came out. Did you? Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> I traded all my other consoles in because Microsoft was doing an offer. Yep. And like they were paying way more than you would get for an ordinary 360. And so I was like, fine, I'll do it. And I got it and I was enjoying my games, I was playing them, and I saw the thing for the discount and I was like, fuck. Oh, it always it happens, man. Yeah. Always happens. Uh, and if you are going to get one, I suggest getting it at thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of Amazon, Amazon surprisingly revealed a new product called Amazon Echo recently. The $200 device, which is only $99 for Prime members, at least to start with, 
is a voice-activated wireless speaker that can answer questions, offer news updates, and stream music. Designed to be always on, Echo is activated by a wake word to receive commands. The default is Alexa, which you can watch in a very awkward promotional video for the device that Amazon put together. The features of the device are as follows. Hear up-to-the-minute weather and news from a variety of sources, including local radio stations, NPR, and ESPN from TuneIn. Listen to your Amazon Music Library, Prime Music, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Stay on time and organize with voice-controlled alarms, timers, shopping, and to-do lists. Get information from Wikipedia, definitions, answers to common questions, and more. Echo relies on Amazon Web Services, the company's cloud, so the promise is it will gain more functionality over time. Amazon also says the more you use Echo, the better it will get as it learns your speech patterns, vocabulary, and personal preferences. It's also capable of connecting to your smartphone via Bluetooth and can stream audio from that device's iTunes playlist or apps like Pandora and Spotify. Echo is currently available for purchase via an invite-only system. Signing up will notify the user that if they're selected, they'll be able to purchase in the coming weeks. Nope. 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 Why nope? So uh, nope. right away. Because, I mean, it, it just puts everything that your smartphone does in audio form. Mm. I mean, basically, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. it's kind of like Siri. It's a clock where... and a radio. And I can see the appeal it. of it, though, uh, especially for people who are not super smartphone users. Yeah. In the sense that this is something you don't have to carry around with you. This is furniture. Mm-hmm. This is now a part of your home. You don't have to have your phone in your pocket all the time. True. You can simply. It's small, too, isn't it? I'm trying to. It looks like it's pretty tiny. It's, I think it's about a foot tall, maybe like oh, 10 or 11 inches. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's a, it, see, the, the, the reason I think something like this is going to work, especially for prime members that can get it for only a hundred dollars. And I'm strongly considering it, mm-hmm. uh, is because this is a, essentially it's a Wi-Fi speaker, which is a similar price to other Wi-Fi speakers, but you get all that other crap on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's pretty awesome. So I wanted to get a wireless speaker to like put maybe downstairs in my mm-hmm. house for a while because I listen to my computer stuff up here. Uh-huh. But then I go downstairs and I usually like I'm listening through my phone uh-huh. for $100 to get a Wi-Fi speaker is not outrageous. Right. And then I get all this added functionality. Oh. Um, OK, Makes that sense. sounds pretty good to me. So as long as the speaker quality is pretty good. Uh, then all this other stuff is kind of cool. Like I like the idea and it makes even more sense for to have it downstairs because I can add things to my shopping list. Like you can say something like echo, add whatever to my grocery list and bam, it does. So now I know this is another entry point for Amazon to just sell you more shit because <laughs> you can say, add this to my list or add this to my list. Uh, and the thought is that eventually you might be able to even buy things through echo. Instead of like going to the site, like say Amazon, I need mm. toilet paper, buy it. And then it might just so people don't go crazy. It might be like confirm purchase and then, yeah, yeah. buy it. But that also means anyone could walk over to your house and buy shit <laughs> just by saying whatever they need. So oh, well, it'd have to be a verbal password. I would think so. I would think so. But uh, it's it's I, I think it's a really cool idea. And it came out of nowhere. Rob's just got so. boxes of stuff showing <laughs> useless stuff too, stuff you can't even use. I know. Right. I thought my password was secure. Well, come on, Rob. Your password is Batman. Everybody God damn it. Yeah. I purposely never use Batman for a password for anything because <laughs> people would just guess right away. Uh, moving on. Paul Feig has confirmed Paul Feig. 
Paul Feig has confirmed that the new Ghostbusters movie mm. will not only be a female-centric cast, but that the movie will also be a total reboot. What? The Bridesmaids mm-hmm. director said of the reboot idea, hmm, Bridesmaids director, wondering why it's an all-female cast, mm. Mm. Uh, said of the reboot idea, what if we just make it new? It's not coming into the world that existed before. It's always hard if the world has gone through this big ghost attack. How do you do it again? I wanted to come into our world where there's talk of ghosts, but they're not really credible. And so what would happen in our world if this happened today? Uh, it doesn't work like that because you have the original Ghostbusters in it, right? Not necessarily. Aren't they going to be in it, though? Uh, he also said he's willing to write parts for any of the original cast who would oh, like so to return. Right. But since the film is a reboot, they'd have to play different parts. Which I don't want to see Dan Aykroyd in a Ghostbusters Nobody movie. Nobody asked for a reboot. Where he's we playing asked for another else. Ghostbusters yeah. movie. Right. I think I still think the smart way to go with this one: the female cent- an all female Ghostbusters team is a gimmick. So throw that out the window right away. That's a gimmick. They're doing that just so people can go, "Hey, it's an all female team." We'll just hire the Spice Girls to be them, right? <laughs> um, and that's that's not even to be like sexist or anything. It's a gimmick. If it- they, the Ghostbusters should be defeated. And at, like realize that they are too old for this. They get oh, defeated yeah, yeah. and shit's hitting the fan and yeah. other younger people have to step up. I, I think it should be a mentor scenario. I don't think it's smart to reboot Ghostbusters. I think you take from that world, you take those Ghostbusters in, you pass the torch yeah. to a new team, you use the knowledge that they had, and you, like, to say that what do you do after this big ghost attack? Like, what do you do from that? I don't know. Be a creative fucking writer. How about that? <laughs> Instead it's of been what twenty years? Yeah. To say that one big attack by the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man ties your hands to moving forward with a story is fucking lazy. It probably took them ten years to clean the city up. Maybe <laughs> that's a lot of s'mores. <laughs> I mean, come on. So uh, don't be lazy. Create a good story. Use the old Ghostbusters as mentors. It makes sense to bring them in to up the technology level. They've been working all this stuff in the meantime. Uh, maybe they've gotten lackadaisical. Maybe since that big attack, there hasn't been a ghostly presence really mm-hmm. in the world. And they've gotten lazy, and now this other presence is rising up. Right. Come on. Anything. There's so many ways to go. I'll fucking write the movie if you want me to write the movie. There are yeah. ways this can go. Those guys should be the mentors in passing the torch to a new team. I think part of... Part like I agree for sure, but I think part of the frustration is definitely a reality that you know the people who are making the movie are dealing with, mm-hmm. and also I think the fact that they're rebooting it kind of represents some of the realities of the complications with making the movie in the first place. Yeah, because originally they were just going to bring all the original characters back, but then I mean Harold Ramis obviously Harold Ramis passing away, and like I think Bill Murray doesn't want anything to no. do with the movie, and like Dan Aykroyd is the only one that kind of sort of you know in the realm of maybe possibly doing an, another movie sure so which is I, fine make him the team make him charlie right <laughs> for right. the apparently angels they're gonna have so i mean i think it represents some of the realities of making the movie and the complications that come out of it because i mean your refresh your frustrations are perfectly valid i'm sure They've considered that for mm-hmm. sure. It's just like maybe something about making the movie. I don't want to hear about their problems. Damn it. <laughs> I want a world where everything goes my way. I don't know why I just tried to. <laughs> why I tried to justify the movie. I, it's it's like the the lawyer in me was like, well, no, I no, I understand. Just, You're playing devil's advocate, yeah. and that's fine. I appreciate that. But my emotions are my emotions, and can't be reasoned with. Cannot Give be me reasoned. a regular Ghostbusters well, if, if they can't 
do a third one. Like, why Why does it have to be rebooted? I read an article from Robert Zemeckis. The, okay, yeah. yeah. And he said that there cannot be, in the contracts, and of course they didn't do this, there can't be another Back to the Future, a spinoff, or anything associated without mm-hmm. his okay. Right. Well, until he dies. Right. So... I mean, like we don't, but we don't need another Back to the Future. No, we don't need a reboot. So Nor we do we want why do one. we need one of the Ghostbusters? Why do we need anything to be rebooted? Because apparently, when they said it, people were excited or, about it. Yeah, we were excited about the idea of the original Ghostbusters. Right. But I mean, why reboot anything? Money, right. money, money, money. Mm, but it's gonna fail. It could. It will. <laughs> because nobody we don't do you want to see it they're like hey it's back and it's not the original guys and it's girls i don't really care i think i will give it a shot see he's gonna get suckered in <laughs> no i'll give it a shot if because i know if paul feig's and like you know just like the i know his ability to build like a successful comedy so i will put my hope in that not mm-hmm. necessarily the story and lore of the ghostbusters universe right um, you have to I'll, look at it as just standalone. Look at it more as a comedy movie, as a rather than being a comedy movie, or rather than it being like a, a, a Ghostbusters movie. Right. I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I am giving it a little bit too much leniency, but <laughs> you're kind. We're just ready to like chop yes, the heads we're ready off to of kill people. people. He's over here like, no, no. We've already. <laughs> <laughs> we're the ones at Frankenstein's lair with the pitchforks yeah. and the torches, and he's like, guys, guys, just. Give him a moment. Like, we don't know. We're he like, has kill a heart. Him. Kill him. We don't know that he's going to hurt anybody. He's in the background breaking people. Kill <laughs> <laughs> him. Uh, HBO has announced that they will offer an online-only streaming service starting next year. Uh, this means that the cable network is making all its shows and rotating roster of big movies available to consumers without having to subscribe to HBO through their cable provider. The news has no doubt sent a warning shot across the landscape of other streaming services like Netflix and Hulu Plus, who have until now stood relatively alone in the still fresh terrain of instant viewing, which is that's a huge deal. Yeah, I think HBO is in a perfect position to do it. too. Absolutely. They they have so much clout behind them with all the fandom of their shows. Like, And they've proven that they can handle the streaming thing with HBO Go. And not just like a shot across the bow of other streaming services, but a shot across the bow of cable TV in general. Yes. This is, it's all changing. Because if HBO is successful with this, they don't necessarily, they maybe not, they won't necessarily need cable. Right. Like They could just go on, out on their own and say, look, this is our app download it or you know sign up and five you can bucks a month or ten bucks a month and drop your cable yep you know if all you watch is game of thrones drop your cable come sign on with us you know you'll pay less money and you'll get to see exactly what you want kind of like the beginning of a la carte tv service. which is exactly yeah that's what we all want we want a la carte channels i don't want hgtv because i'm fucking tired of watching people flip houses yeah <laughs> i would rather just watch the shows that i want to watch you know yeah. like Granted, I watch Animal Planet now and again because, you know, they have some cool shows, but I don't watch it all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd cut that out. And maybe if and, you didn't have it, you'd do other things with your time that you'd rather be doing. Exactly. I mean, my DVR is already packed. So, like, you know, really? it's, I, they, I've got more TV and than I have time to do with. So mm-hmm. maybe this is the beginning of the end for cable. Hopefully, I mean, I'm ready to. And maybe of- not just cable because CBS has announced a streaming service called CBS All Access which will give subscribers thousands of episodes from the current season, previous seasons, and classic shows on demand, as well as the ability to stream local CBS television stations live in 14 of the largest U.S. markets at launch. 
CBS All Access is available right now and on mobile devices through the CBS app for $5.99 per month. Yep. We're going there. This is it. Yeah. What's going to happen, though, is you're going to end up spending more money. Do you think? Yeah. Maybe. I think so. But because then, you got, let's say you got Netflix mm-hmm. for 10 bucks a month. Then all of a sudden you get CBS. Now you're at 15 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Then you get HBO for another 10. So now, I mean, before you know it, you're paying 40, 50, 60 Think bucks. about how competitive it makes the market, though, once more people start yeah. doing it. Yeah. And then people are forced to drop their prices if they want to be competitive. Like mm. all of a sudden when Animal Planet comes in and goes, hey, we're two bucks a month. Then people go, oh, shit. Yeah. Mm. And if you have like a juggernaut. Yeah, but I, CBS wouldn't be like, we have to drop the two bucks a month because they offer no, something No, but they other might than- drop a dollar. Yeah. Like they might not drop as low, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to decrease. Mm. I think it's going to get competitive now, which is competition is good. But I we think this is, it's also tied, though, to like the whole argument of net neutrality and how there will be two different internets, mm-hmm. you know, one being the, the way that they, they, the way that the, the proponents of it frame it, they say that, you know, there'll be two different internets fast and faster, but the right. people who are against it are like, handcuffed no, and normal. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have like 56K versus cable. Right. You know, and I think that's kind of like the, the, the a la carte TV options that's kind of got going to play into that because you're going to have less successful networks who are going to be handcuffed into that shittier you know stream of internet whereas mm-hmm. you know the bigger networks like cbs and amc or hbo are going to be in this like fast lane service sure. so it's interesting to see where the where the industry is going but i hope it doesn't impact our ability to just consume what we want because i agree like it's kind of like you know you don't ever get anything without sacrificing something in return but you know in this case can we just get our Walking Dead? Yeah. <laughs> or Game of Thrones, please? Like, right, right. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, going back to some classic stuff, GOG.com, which I believe stands for Good Old Games. I don't know if they still use that moniker anymore. But GOG.com has announced a team up with Disney Interactive to bring more than 20 classic LucasArts titles to GOG.com. To kick off the collaboration, six titles from the library are now available on the site, including... Star Wars X-Wing Special Edition, Star Wars TIE Fighter Special Edition, Sam and Max Hit the Road, The Secret of Monkey Island Special Edition, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, and more titles will be coming to GOG.com in the future. This is very exciting for me. These games are old to the point where I believe I you had booted them up in DOS when you had to play them before, <laughs> uh, so... They are, it, it, even though I have these old discs, I cannot play them anymore. Yeah. New operating systems just do not have the functionality to play these old games. And things like Sam and Max and uh, Indiana Jones, and I hope one of these will eventually be Day of the Tentacle. These are all games that in my childhood I absolutely adored that I've not been able to play mm-hmm. up until now. So I'm very excited. And uh, X-Wing and TIE Fighter are freaking great games. Yeah. So good. Knights of the Old Republic was a big game, too. I enjoyed that as well, yeah. A lot of people tweaked on that game. Yeah. I don't know if I played the sequel, but I liked the first one for sure. Crackle has announced that production will soon begin on Joe Dirt 2, the first ever made-for-digital sequel to a major motion picture. The only sequel I ever asked for. (laughs) David Spade is set to return in the title role with the sequel picking up where the first film left off. The feature is scheduled to release in 2015 on Crackle and all Crackle platforms. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, it's not going to theaters? No. Oh. Nope. It will be straight to digital. 
I'll take it. <laughs> and uh, Crackle's a free service, I believe. Although you might have to rent this for like a buck or two. But yeah, I'll watch oh, is Joe that what Dirt Crackle too. Is? It's a, it's an app on my Xbox. I never downloaded yeah, it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a movie service. Oh, and there's some like digital TV shows and stuff on there too. You rent everything? I uh, no, there's some free stuff too. I will have to download the app. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I know you're excited for this one, Volpe. The Weinstein Company has yeah. revealed the full official cast for Quentin Tarantino's upcoming post-Civil War Western, The Hateful Eight. The one that originally the script, uh, mm-hmm. script leaked and there was all this upheaval about. The uh, number eight looks a little confused. I'll bet. He's like, I don't, what movie am I in here? <laughs> <laughs> the Hateful Eight are Samuel L. Jackson as Major Marquis Warren, Kurt Russell as John the Hangman Ruth, Jennifer Jason Lee as Daisy Demerge. Hmm. Walton Goggins like as Chris Mannix, Demian Bashir as Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Mr. Orange. Uh, Tim Roth as Oswaldo Mabre. Mr. Blonde. Michael Madsen as Joe yeah. Gage. Bruce Dern as General Sanford Smithers. And Channing Tatum has also signed on for an undisclosed role. So he's not one of the eight, but he is in the movie. This is where I ask Quentin, why have you done this to me? (laughs) I was on board until you got to the question mark. Almost all of the actors pictured here have worked with Quentin on a previous movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't do the girl. I don't know. I don't think she has. I don't even know who number eight is. You've seen him in other stuff. Have I? Absolutely. Maybe it's just a bad image. Yeah, it's a bad picture. You've so he's, seen him. he went from doing Django. So now he's continuing with his um, Western Western themes. Looks I know he like. likes that because Kill Bill 2 was basically a Western. Yeah. yeah. Well, he said he was only going to make 10 films in his life. This is eight. He's at number eight. And it's also the Hateful Eight is number eight. How about that? This guy's got it all plotted out. <laughs> he maybe does. Award-winning star of stage and screen, Neil Patrick Harris, has officially been announced as the host of the upcoming 87th Academy Awards. The ceremony is set to air on Sunday, February 22nd, 2015 on ABC. My only question, what the fuck took you guys so long? (laughs) Seriously, he is the guy for the job. Yeah, he's kind of perfect. He's kind of perfect for it. You need someone that's going to be a sing-song, dance, joke-telly, charismatic type of guy. Neil Patrick Harris is perfect perfect yeah still not gonna watch it but he <laughs> is perfect for the job yeah well he does the tonys every year right he does or most years uh he's done it the last two years at least yeah. and he's just applauded for it every single time yeah it's kind of like a no-brainer to put him in the oscar absolutely uh we've talked a little bit in recent episodes about a bunch of movies being adapted for television and they are not slowing down whatsoever <laughs> abc and universal tv are developing Uncle Buck as a half-hour multi-camera series with Will Packer on board as an executive producer. John Candy starred in the original film as the title character, a fun but immature uncle who begins to forge his own sense of responsibility when tasked with looking after his nieces and nephews. Uncle Buck was previously adapted as a television series on CBS in 1990. I don't remember that at all. There, Kevin Meany played the title character for what amounted to a single season of 22 episodes. Uncle Buck was good. I it was. The movie. It was a yeah. good movie. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was a good movie. Despite a delay in production due to Mila Jovovich having another baby with her husband, series mastermind Paul W.S. Anderson, the sixth film, Resident Evil, the final chapter, could be followed by a spinoff show. No. <laughs> 
Len Wiseman, director of the Underworld franchise, told IGN about a spin-off film starring Theo James's David from the fourth film, as well as his wife Kate Beckinsale's return in a different film, as well as a potential TV show. Potential. No. Uh, really? <laughs> that's at least inter- that's an ongoing war of vampires and lichens. I think that's potential. Uh, I mean, like, as long as I think it should go new characters, though. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Use the universe, new characters. Right. Kind of tired of of Kate Beck. I mean, I'm sorry. I take that back. I'm not tired of Kate Beckinsale. I am. Tired. <laughs> I will never be tired of Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> I'm tired of the character that she plays because it's just like, all right. So she's gone through this like crazy power up process. Right. First she was just a vampire. Now she's some kind of crazy vampire immortal. Now right. she's like the perfect being. Yeah. Then she gives birth to the perfect being. Like, all right, enough already. Let's the mythology is getting, it's starting to fold in on itself. Yeah. We're not at vampires and werewolves anymore. We're at super crazy godlike like beings oh, yeah. being introduced into the universe. Doesn't, I don't know. It is nuts. Uh, released in theaters in August of 2013, the mortal instrument City of Bones was not the success the studios hoped for. Despite the low box office, it was announced that the sequel was moving forward, but that never happened. Now the franchise is being relaunched as a drama series, which is expected to start production next year. That makes more sense for that movie. That's what I've heard. People seem to think that there's a lot of stuff they didn't get to tackle in the movie, yeah. but a series would give them more opportunity to go into more depth. Like, I don't know too much about the story, but I did see the movie with somebody that... It wasn't horrible. Yeah, it wasn't a horrible movie, but I can definitely see that going the route of, like, a WB series. Oh, completely agree. Completely. it's exactly what... It looked like a WB series in movie form. (laughs) It's custom built for WB. Absolutely. So, like, yeah, definitely that that will work somehow. J.J. Abrams and Jonah Nolan are producing a series adapted from the motion picture Westworld for HBO. The team has already compiled an impressive cast for the series, including Anthony Hopkins, Ed Harris, Evan Rachel Wood, James Marsden, Thandie Newton, Miranda Otto, and Jeffrey Wright. The series is adapted from Michael Crichton's 1973 sci-fi classic in which humanoid robots at a futuristic park revolt. I assume this is going to be a limited series with star power like that. Yeah, they're not going to be able to afford to keep those people on. For no, long. Anthony Hopkins? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. CBS is currently transforming Neil Berger's 2006 sleeper hit The Illusionist into a show, although very little of the film's plot remains. The show would take place in a 1900s New York, where a renowned magician returns home after a decade in prison to find his wife married to the crime boss who framed him. The Illusionist poses as an underling in the boss's organization in order to take him out from the inside and win back his wife. Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the movie at all. So why even? That always confuses me. I love the movie. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I love it. I own it. I love it. Uh, but no, <laughs> just don't. Yeah. No point. Sense. Another of Tom Hanks' big screen hits. Yes, we're still going over these movies to TV shows. And there's more. Another of Tom Hanks' big screen hits is currently being developed for TV as Deadline reports that Bachelor Party is headed to the small screen. I don't, I don't get it. ABC has plans to shoot a pilot that will follow three different couples in various stages of their relationships. Uh, it's already been done several times. Yeah. No, like uh, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody. Will Smith is executive producing a series based on one of his own movies. Of course, as the star is looking to adapt the 2007 comedy hitch into a sitcom for Fox. 
this one actually makes sense series wise. As much as I don't think yeah. anyone's really like, oh, where's a hitch series? Yeah, it's a guy. It's a what? A, it's like a dating coach. Yeah. He's so a, he's a yeah. So he helps someone out every episode. It's a or it could carry a few. But sure. Yeah. It's a formulaically sound series. Yeah. So that one okay. Not that anyone's looking for it, but at least I get it. Nobody <laughs> asked for it. Nobody's looking for it. Have you ever heard those rumors about Will Smith? Um, and having his career planned out yeah. over the course of like years. Yep. Like he does one movie at one point. Like he doesn't do movies based on like what he believes would be successful or what, you know, like what director is attached to the movie. He does movies based on their subject matter. So right. like he'll do like a sci-fi movie, then an action movie. For a while he did only sci-fi action movies. Right. And so it's like this like formulaic schedule of movies that he does. And so right. like I wonder if this is like part of it. Maybe. Like, and if he does have a schedule, fuck, it's working. <laughs> and also, is it a little creepy that he has a schedule? Because that means like somebody is kind of behind the scenes, right? The strings, like unless it's just him. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's figured out a formula. Maybe. It's clearly. Maybe he's a genius that we all don't know. He like, seems to he always was... has the summer blockbuster action movie, yeah. but then he'll offset that with something in the winter time that's more serious. Yeah, it's possible. NBC has purchased the rights to a primetime series pilot based on the 2008 dramedy Marley and Me. What? Oh. No. What? What? No. Wait, wait. It gets worse. It gets worse. The pilot, which picks up where the movie left off. Spoiler alert. Oh, I didn't see it. The dog dies. Oh, I knew it. No, of course it does. Of course it does. That's, that's why, I, why I, I didn't see it either. Yeah, I don't want to cry. We all knew the dog was going to die. Would weep. I saw it and so, I died. Did you cry? Yeah. I don't, who wants to go through The that? pilot, which picks up where the movie left off, is described as follows. John and Jenny Grogan and their three kids, a 16-year-old boy and a 13-year-old and a 6-year-old girl, have just moved back to Florida so that John can take up his newspaper column once again. However, when a stray puppy ends up on their doorstep, they are forced to adopt it. This dog named Marley, for the fact that they use Marley's old leash and tags on her, is as willful, destructive, and delightful as her original namesake. And she will help shed light not only on the growing pains of the Grogan family, but also the lives of the neighbors and fellow dog owners around them. No, 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 no. And bingo was his name, oh. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the original movie and I knew I kind of had an idea what I was getting myself into, but then the end just like crushes us, like it crushes a yeah. part of your heart. Yeah, and like and that you can't part get that back. Never recovers. <laughs> so like whenever you hear the name Marley, you're just like, Ugh. and then like you feel, and then it's just like some like Bob Marley, right? Or like somebody's kid named Marley, but then you're like, that name will forever be associated with that movie and the dog dying in that movie. I'll like, never see it. Like it's worse than Old Yeller because Old Yeller is like some classic. Classic movie right, that we saw right. You, like Marley and Me is like an updated adaptation with people who you kind of sort of care about. I mean, yeah. well, mostly you don't really care about, but, but like some of the kids and the characters. And it's a comedy about. and uplifting. And, and the, then... the dog get, goes through this transformative process where he's a, where, you know, the dog is completely out of control and then somehow becomes redeemed in the end. And, and then they stab you in the balls. <sighs> like, yeah, just no. Like, you don't need to make a series like that, man. Like, Come on. Why do they do this to us? No. Life's hard enough that they make <laughs> movies like that. No, it's, a, it's a crushing. And like you ask anybody, like you, you mentioned Marley and me, and they're like, yeah. Yeah. Death. Same reaction. Yeah. 
First rumored for development back in 2012, a new ongoing series based on Wes Craven's Scream franchises headed to MTV. The show is currently targeting an October 2015 MTV premiere. still around, I huh? guess so. Who knew? Yeah, I, I guess Teen Wolf did pretty well. Uh, supposedly, yeah. yeah. Like, still going, too. Originally a TV series and later adapted as a motion picture, Bewitched is targeting a return to television. A contemporary take on the property is being developed by Sony Pictures Television. Don't care. Be like, yeah. I want a sandwich. That's finally the end of those, though. Ugh. So many movies to TV shows. Like, that's the new trend. Go figure. <sighs> and there will probably be more in upcoming weeks. Can't wait. On a more Christmassy note, NBC is bringing in the holiday spirit with a stop-motion hour-long animated special, Elf Buddy's Musical Christmas. Oh. Don't groan at me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I love your, I love that your tree is still up. <laughs> <laughs> See, people... people don't At do this it. point, we just go, you know what? He's early for uh, Exactly. <laughs> this has been the year of eternal Christmas, which I've learned never to do again because apparently all of the celebrities die when I put my tree up all year. <laughs> So, <laughs> I, I think we should push. We should tempt that <laughs> one more year. No, no, yes, no, no. One no, more no. year. This was the year of eternal Christmas. No, it was not because of that. It was because of twenty one and one. Twenty. Oh man, I just did so much damage this year. You did. This is your fault. This yep. is how you get them to take down the tree. You yeah, go and right? make ornaments out of all the things that the bad things that happened over the course of the year. <laughs> and then one day when you come over, you just hang them all up. He can just make one that says twenty one and one, yeah. and it's all over. Uh, NBC is bringing back in the uh, bringing in the holiday spirit with a stop motion hour long animated special Elf Buddies Musical Christmas set to air Tuesday, December sixteenth at eight p.m. Based on the popular film Elf and the hit Broadway show Elf the Musical, the special will star four time Emmy Award winner Jim Parsons as Buddy. The special is an all new retelling of Buddy's delightfully absurd yet heartwarming <laughs> story and blends the look and feel of the stop motion animated Christmas specials of the past with the sharp sensibility of the modern-day classic holiday film. The voice cast also includes Mark Hamill, yes, Ed Asner, Fred Armisen, Jay Leno, Matt Lauer, Gilbert Gottfried, Kate Micucci, Rachel McFarlane, Max Charles, and Steve Higgins. I'm going to watch it. What's wrong with the it's narwhal? A, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's got special needs. Oh my God. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be good. We'll see. Maybe it will. I don't know. The the voice actor. I mean, that's a that's a solid star cast, studded cast. It is. Lastly, we're gonna wrap up with this fall TV shows getting picked up. Yay! So if there are things that you are waiting to watch, uh, and you haven't because you were in fear that it might disappear, fear not. At least for these series, CBS has given the green light to full seasons for all four of its new dramas, including NCIS New Orleans. Madam Secretary, Stalker, and Scorpion. I've only been watching Scorpion out of that list, and I dig it. So. Yeah, me too. Good show. It's a good show. On ABC, both How to Get Away with Murder and Blackish have received full season orders. Oh, that Black-ish. How to Get Away with Murder looked interesting. It did. I don't know how I'm Blackish glad. got. Blackish is actually pretty good. People have said that. Yeah. I'm shocked. They need to change the name, though. <laughs> it's it's like, It's like, yeah, the name definitely is a turnoff. Yeah. The cat, like Lawrence Fishburne, like I've watched maybe one episode so mm-hmm. far, but Lawrence Fishburne is fucking awesome. Like, we knew he would be. Yeah. It's Lawrence Fishburne. And it's like, it's totally different. Like, cause everybody sees Lawrence Fishburne, they see like that kind of serious side mm-hmm. to him, but <laughs> he's so funny. Like, he definitely delivers. 
After the airing of the third episode, Fox locked in a full first season for Gotham, as well as ordering six additional episodes, which will bring the first season to a 22-episode run. The premiere episode delivered Fox's highest-rated fall drama debut in 14 years and drew in 14.1 million viewers in the first seven days. Some people have been skeptical of the show or critical of it. I like it. I think it turned a corner like like the second or third episode. I agree. Like something about the show made it like infinitely more watchable. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, The Walking Dead is laughing at 14.1 million viewers. They're like, ha, that was season one. And unsurprisingly, the CW has given a full season order to The Flash. The show debuted as the most watched series premiere ever on The CW, scoring 6.1 million viewers. Before we get out of here, just to remind people, upcoming dates. November 22nd and 23rd, I will be at Super Mega Fest in Framingham. So if you see me there, say hi. It seems like every week is Super Mega Fest. Every, well, it just I, seems like it happens a lot. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It just seems like yesterday you were like, Super Mega Fest, Super Mega Fest. Oh. There's always a super mega something somewhere. Oh, maybe it's just the super mega deal name thing. I don't know. Uh, Final thoughts or something you guys want to plug as we get out of here this week? No. (laughs) Geekgeneration.com slash Amazon. Buy shit. It helps us. It costs you nothing. This is true. You could buy an Xbox One or maybe a PS4. Christmas is coming. We all know that we're way too lazy to go to the stores for multiple reasons. Way too lazy. They suck. There's people. They suck. They even come in boxes, just wrap them. Yeah. No, they'll, won't Amazon they'll wrap, wrap it for you? you yeah. Like no extra charge. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What are we doing? Generation.com slash Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Just buy stuff. Hell yeah. Buy all the things. All the things. I buy my socks on there. I buy my underwear on there. I buy Pop Tarts on there, which I know is more expensive, but it's easier to find the seasonal stuff that way. That's true. That uh, is true. I just buy stuff on there. Limited edition Oreos. I can do it. You can do it. <laughs> What we're saying is we buy all of our linens and junk food on Amazon. That's true. For everything else we do, head to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration. Follow us at geekgeneration on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Signing off for this week. We will be back next week with more good stuff for ya. Later. See ya. Later. Make it so.